the movie hour, episode 69. <laughs> January 28, 2010. Spoiler alert. The following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Hello and welcome to the Slim Pickens Pastry Shop Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, and with me are the two coolest kids this side of the Mississippi, James and Jeff. Welcome back, ladies. Hi, Greg. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? Um, tops. Tops. Uh, you know, doing doing pretty well. I was doing a lot better before Greg used that in the opening. Now I'm kind of questioning a lot of things, but... Yeah, right. Okay. Right. James, have you had a good week? It's been a good week on your end? A little, little, uh, little relaxing? I'm a, I'm a little tired this week. I don't know what the deal is, but yeah, uh, yeah overall, very good, I guess. Awesome, awesome. I have a very good week weekend planned out of me. I'm a live listener here. We're uh, going in to do nothing all weekend. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and we also uh, let's see what else did I do this week? Oh, I've got a confession to make. I forgot. To, I forgot to say. Uh, uh, we need to start the, con- the show with my confession, which is. To this day, I've not been giving this show enough credit, and I sat down and watched a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia this week, and I gotta say, I held out just too long. This show is awesome. If you haven't watched it... Vindication! Yeah, you really need to. It's it's huge. It's getting it's getting 100% approval from me, so um, a lot, like a lot of people, including actual TV podcast, we're not TV podcast people, but those people are comparing it to like a, I think Seinfeld on crack. I think they even compare themselves to Seinfeld on crack on like the, Yeah, I think that was the, yeah, yeah, that was one of their first things that they said. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's like that. And it's, it's a really good show. I would catch it and it, it deserves all the support it can get before it gets axed, which I don't, I think it's beyond that, that scare, at least until they lose interest in doing it. But, um, well, when you're on FX, you only need like six, Viewers and right. This is true. Yeah, I think their DVD sales are, are probably enough to carry them at this point. Right. I'm pretty sure Devito's basically doing it for free. So really, I didn't. I did not know that. That's really I don't cool. think he's getting paid big bucks at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's pulling crazy cash or anything, but I'm sure he's getting paid equally as as they are, even though he's the big name in it. But um, well, it's not often that I get to beat you to a bandwagon, so you know I'll take yeah, some pride. Yeah, it's I'm. <laughs> Uh, I'm uh, I'm throwing myself on the on the floor of the court here. I I just was not paying attention enough. Finally, just started watching them episode after episode. I'm getting sad because I'm starting to run out. Like it's been, I had this whole just plethora of episodes to catch up with, and now I have one and a half seasons left, and I just don't want to don't want to hit the end. But you haven't seen much of season five either, so yeah, yeah take some solace in that. Season five is excellent. Awesome, awesome. If you want to get in on the ground floor or something, I. Watched the few first few episodes of that Archer show, which is done by the guys that did Sea Oh, yeah, yeah, sweet! Is it it's, good? I didn't even realize it was out. It's pretty funny so far. Just one of the comments, just to you know, throw them out there is uh, there's a new kid trying to get trained, and he's like, "Oh, are you gonna you know teach me karate?" And the guy looks at him and is like, "Karate? The Dane Cook of martial arts? No, no, no. We'll be doing something different." <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anyhow, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I don't know if anyone else has some confessions, but that was that was the confession hour. Confession hour is done. Uh, moving on with the movie hour. Uh, we promised that it was going to happen. It's finally come, and today is the day we name the Highwood Rundown, or we give it a new name. And introducing for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, we have the Holly Hunters Hollywood Hoopla, 
which is a combination of two uh, listeners' suggestions of Hollywood Hoopla and Holly Hunter, Oof. and we boom, yeah, meshed like a like Oof. a melting pot of greatness. That's so, what we do. We take suggestions and we make them better, and we talk about movies. <laughs> What's what did you say in my future, James? I say I sense many restarts in our future. Right when you're right. trying to. Yeah, the Holly Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> Anyhow, for the first bit of news of the Holly Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla, uh, we have an update for last week's podcast concerning the future for of Paranormal Activity 2. Last week, we talked about how Saw 6 director Kevin Gruter was signed on to do Paramount's horror sequel. I always say horror. I like saying that. Horror sequel to Paranormal Activity. Now Lionsgate owner of the Saw series, this is like a sex triangle, you gotta keep keep track. Now Lionsgate, owner of the Saw series, is waving around contracts saying Gruter is legally required to direct their next sequel, Saw Seven. Gruter, being all pissed off, uh, wrote to his friend wrote to his friends, wrote to his fans, I just had the task of telling my eighty three year old mother that no I'm not going to be allowed to direct the movie we were all so excited about when my family last got together, and that I'm being forced to leave town before getting a chance to see her again. Yes, I'll be filming people getting tortured yet again. So I have to put off my put off me making a film she can actually watch for another year. He doesn't even sound excited that he gets to direct Saw 7. I really feel like that's going to be the one that just kills it, <laughs> just drives it into the ground. I'd be, I'd be happy to put the final stake in that vampire's heart. I, think yeah, I don't know whether not to feel sorry for him or to call him out on being a whiny bitch. I mean, he finally got his break doing Saw 7. So I have to call him out for being a whiny bitch. And, you know, he shows no gratitude. Like, oh, you're going to exercise agree. your extension. Just like, um, you just got to do a big movie and now you have to do another one. Ooh, big deal. For I mean, what? granted, he probably, you know, put in his dues trying to do the editor stuff and was hoping to, you know, move a little faster, but they gave you a break, you know? They gave you a debut. Give him a little bit of help. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm sorry you chose to direct a film that your mom can't watch. Trust me, if I was directing the Saw movies, I wouldn't let my mom watch them either. Not because of the torture or any of that, because they're so god-awful. She'd be ashamed of me. Uh, I was going to say, for once I agree with Jim, uh, I think he is playing the whiny bitch role on purpose. I think he actually, I don't think he minds directing the Saw shit. He's He's been... He's drank the lemonade, dude, or the Kool-Aid, whatever he, he you want to call it. He did work on Sparky Romano. Anything's a step up from <laughs> yeah. there. And uh, I don't see what his problem is. Like, Paranormal Activity 2, you're not, your grandma's not going to see that either, or your mom, whoever it was. I'm sorry, but uh, she wants to watch cartoons, and that's pretty much it now because she just doesn't understand anything. She's probably a... Per- Never, never mind. Okay. Oh, number two, number this, two, Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla. Uh, John Travolta flies an airplane full of release supplies to Haiti to help with a unified rescue effort. Doctors Without Borders. Uh, uh, this is actually a pretty cool group. I le- learned about it. Yeah, my girlfriend actually donated some uh, some money to them. Awesome. Yeah, really Doctors cool. Without Borders have complained about the misuse of the runway time at the airport because there's only so much time to use and a lot of lot of things coming in that flights like Travolta's are getting in the way of delivering much needed field hospitals. The big problem here is that John Travolta thinks he's helping, but he's actually just bringing hundreds of thousands of copies of Battlefield Earth, and <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. He's bringing religion with him. Dianetics. There <laughs> yeah, copies of Dianetics too. Yeah. There were comments that he was bringing some doctors with him, and uh, that they were bringing some Scientologist people. I don't know, but I didn't see it in the story. It was just like in the headline, and that was it. Uh, I so I didn't want to put is, it in here. This is a huge opportunity. I think. I think 
if we can get enough stars to fly in there and just take care of the problem, we'd be all set. We can film it, make it in a movie. I mean, it'd be quite the action movie. I was, I did a little research. These are the people that have, you know, licenses to fly a plane and could be in our movie. Tom Cruise, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, Morgan Freeman, Angelina Jolie, Chuck Norris, the Quaid brothers, and Kurt Russell. Jesus. That's an all-star cast right there. We could make a great movie. Did all those people really fly a plane? Yes. They're all licensed. Based off of some random website that I happened to stumble across. I'm sure it's well, www.liesaboutpilots.com. What's I'm interesting is, on that same note, they, there was a lot of discussion. I don't know if it was on NPR or some internet shit, but they were talking about how uh, in just giant disasters and when people just start flying. Oh, you know what it was? It was when there was a story about a reporter, instead of reporting on a story, actually saving some kid from the rubble because everyone else was just recording and he's like, oh, shit. I better help him. And uh, there's a story about that. And they were talking about how instead of sending like just these thousands of journalists to go take tell the story of Haiti, we really just need to do, like, this would be great and if we could just all decide and get along like this. But uh, we just need to send a group that maybe, you know, two or three, just enough to get to the places they need to. And then everybody just agrees, all right, share your information and your stories. Just give us raw data, and we'll write up our different stories, no problem. Or we'll just, you know, AP it out where everybody can just, like, take those stories and use them. Instead of sending another 3,000 people with miles to feed and to drive around and just pretty much ruin all the relief effort. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Is this Holly Hunter's Save the World hoopla? <laughs> is this Holly Hunter's Good Ideas to Help Starving People hoopla? No. No, it's not. It's Holly right. Hunter's Hollywood hoopla. You're right. I, I take everything back. I take everything back. <laughs> next, next topic. James Cameron's blockbuster Avatar becomes the most profitable movie worldwide. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, beating Cameron's other film, Phenom, The Titanic. Avatar is also on track to dethrone t- The Titanic as the number one grossing movie in the U.S., yeah, this is getting serious. I didn't think it would happen, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to pass Titanic. Of course. It's only got $58 million or something yeah, to go. And yeah, and it's got Six a weeks little in. sign of uh, yeah. slowing here. And it's beating all the you know, subsequent opening weekend, second weekend, third weekend type of records. Here, here's what we have to do. In order to stop this, we need to ruin the twist ending for everyone. The twist ending? <laughs> the twist ending. It's a, it's a matrix within a matrix? Is that it? It's... <laughs> Should be. <laughs> Unobtainium is people. It's people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting Sorry, scary thinking green. that uh, if you take George Lucas's highest three movies, they're barely beating Cameron's top two, and probably won't be once Avatar's done. So right. that, that's kind of scary. But did you look at a? I was um, when I caught this story. There was a story right after it talking about how you know the, the numbers make a lot of means something, but then they were talking about ticket sales and actually money made uh, based on adjusted gross and for uh, inflation. And that made me feel a little bit better, uh, seeing those lists. And, uh, like, Down with the wind, baby. Yeah, like for instance, in terms of ticket sales, just the amount of tickets sold, which you would think would be a lot higher now just because there's just probably more theaters. I guess people go less to theaters More people, now. too. More people. Yeah, more people. Uh, Avatar is 26th out of, you know... Billions, obviously. But uh, there's Gone with the Wind ahead of it. Star Wars is number two. Gone with the Wind, one. The Sound of Music, three. E.T., four. 
Um, Titanic is sixth, though, on that list, just to, just to point out. And I think, uh, let's look at adjusted for inflation, too. Jesus, the Graduate is, is 18 on that list. I always yeah. thought of that as like an indie flick. Yeah, The Graduate is close to the, or sorry, not The Graduate, but the adjusted for inflation is pretty close to the same thing, isn't it? Uh, Gone with the Wind at 1 with 1.5 trillion. Is that right? And so many, so many numbers, I can't even count. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, pretty. Uh, that gives me that gives me a little bit of uh, solace. And even though Avatar was was you know entertaining to watch, and I said go see it, uh, it's pretty amazing how much damage it's doing in the box office. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Uh, moving on, friend of the show, great friend of the show, Joaquin Phoenix, shaved his beard. He got rid of his mo, dude. His mo's gone. I don't know if you guys have seen these pictures, but <laughs> yeah, you know why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Oscars are coming up again. He doesn't want to be made fun Bullshit. of again. Bullshit. That's not why he shaved. <laughs> Jeff, what, what's your theory? You got something better? Yeah. Beards, 2009. Shave face, 2010. I'm it's, it's doing the exact opposite, then. Bullshit, dude. Wow. Bullshit. I'm That's just, in Hollywood. It'll take a while oh, okay. to get out this way. I think you're I think you're good, Jim. I'm not happy about it. By the okay. way, our, our co-host, Jim, is growing a badass beard. He looks fucking sweet. It's a little scraggly for my taste, but I'm working on it. Picks to come later. Picks to follow. Uh, last of the Holly... You're <laughs> just supposed to pick a Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and put him <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood hoopla. Uh, the Germans have done it again. One year after finding the original version of the movie classic Metropolis, it has been carefully restored and duplicated to make the new version the complete Metropolis. This is like one of the coolest things, coolest things ever. Uh, the movie was known for its setting and storyline, but the film itself has its own history. Uh, director Fritz Lang was forced to edit the movie due to the movie doing poorly in ticket sales. And, uh, sorry, and I was going to read another thing. Uh, Metropolis was then cut up so many times that it was unknown how many scenes were missing from the original, and there were just multiple versions going around. One finally made it like as just like, okay, this is the version now, this is Metropolis. But... Luckily, they found the original edit a long time, well, a year ago, but from a long time ago. I think the original release was 39, 1939? Old school, dude. This is old school. We're talking about history here, people. And it's actually being shown for the the first time, I think, at a, it's like the Berlin Film Festival, something like that. Um, but very cool, very cool shit. So wait, the Germans destroyed something? Weird. <laughs> it wasn't... Don't blame the Germans for this one. Not not the Germans forced for Fritz Lang. Those were your words. I didn't say Germans forced him. This <laughs> anyhow. This, um, this reminds me of uh, something I read about the the first um, few times that uh, naked woman ever appeared on screen. Their uh, projector, like the guys who would run the projector, would cut out like a single uh, single frame of it and keep it for themselves and so by the time like the movie made it from coast to coast like the the, the reel would move from like from theater right. to theater to theater the, the, that entire scene would just be decimated that's great that's great <laughs> yeah it's uh so apparently i've got more specifics on it it's uh the other cool thing is they're actually playing it just not beaming beaming it to uh big screens at brandenburg gate which is fucking awesome that's really uh, cool. on february 12th so you know if you're in the area uh, all you international listeners head out that way and apparently it's going to run until April 25th, 2010. I don't know if that's going to make it out here or what. But so Did uh, it say how much time was restored? Just 30, 30 more minutes. That's how that's how much uh, how much was missing. And when you would watch the – at least the version I watched, it was – they would pretty much tell you this part's – there's like 
uh, images yeah. missing and then go to the next part. Did you ever see this? Wasn't this on your list to watch? Jim? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It was the same way when we watched it. Yeah. Like yep. Missing scene or whatever. Exactly. Um, and it's uh, it's gonna uh, crazy, dude. The movie was long to begin with, and obviously it's got its historic value and it's influenced so many other films. Go check it out if you haven't. Um, another history lesson for you guys. Uh, but yeah, that is that's it for our uh, Holly Hunters Hollywood. Hoopla. I want to always say I always want to say Hollywood Rundown now. I'm gonna to have to get used to that. But yeah, very awesome. It's in the show, baby. Holly Hunter's Hollywood Hoopla. So uh, now that that's done, we're on to our movie reviews. And Jeff, I believe you're on deck. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I saw a movie, uh, 2009 movie called Big Fan, uh, starring Patton Oswalt, written and directed by Robert D. Siegel, who, uh, interestingly enough, I just learned this, actually uh, co-wrote the script for the movie The Wrestler, which doesn't really surprise me too much, kind of given the um, the way that this movie was written and, and how it went. Um, it's about a about a movie, or it's a movie about a guy. It's a, it's a movie. Um, played by Patton Oswalt, who, if you don't know who he is, he's a, he's a fat stand-up comedian. He actually did the voice for Remy the Rat, the main character in Ratatouille. Um and uh, his uh, the supporting cast is pretty much Kevin Corrigan, uh, who's a really really good actor. I think pretty underrated. Uh, who plays his best friend, and uh, the main character is a huge Giants fan. He looks kind of like a sad little life on um, on Staten Island. Like lives with his mom, uh, works in a toll booth, and just is is a pretty unhappy guy in general. But he's he's an enormous Giants fan, and. Uh, <laughs> he like he he calls into talk shows and stuff and um it, he or like sports shows and stuff and he's uh, like that's that's his like thing that he that he just loves is the giants and so he and his friend uh played by Kevin Corgan see their favorite player uh and they decide to like follow him a little bit to see like where he's going so they can introduce themselves and then there's sort of a misunderstanding when they catch up to him and the guy just the, the football player just beats the living shit out of uh, out of Patton Oswalt, and he's like in the hospital. And there's kind of this inner conflict of, okay, do I want to press charges? Because if I press charges, he won't be able to play, and the playoffs are coming, which is kind of funny. Like it's kind of comedy, but it's also kind of sad um, that that's like all this guy has, and yeah. he just can't can't do anything about it. And it's I don't know. Overall, um, the movie kind of progresses from there, and uh, you, you kind of see how he gets more and more. Like his life it just gets more and more weird and crazy. Um, uh, I wasn't that big of a fan out of it. Of it, uh, you weren't a big, three you weren't and a half big, stars out of five. You weren't a big fan. There was no, and, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, Good point. Something to mention. Too, I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, Quantrell Bishop, the the guy, well, the oh, the, the character, player, yeah. yeah, the character that beat him up is supposedly like the star. Was he supposed to be a linebacker or was he like something a receiver? Like that, yeah, I think it was a line. He was definitely back. defensive, so it was linebacker like safety or something. But um, yeah, he uh, he was supposed to be like if he didn't play, everyone was worried that they were going to fail because this guy was the key player. So that it added that to it. But it just I don't know. Like I saw this with Jeff, and I don't know if it was just my expectations, but it was just depressing as hell like i thought it was gonna have some you know comedic value to it and a little but it was just depression train from pretty much the get-go on and uh i don't know uh what do you think of the end like the end was uh you pretty much didn't like it right you pretty much there's a point where he gets pretty much in a spat with a uh philadelphia eagles fan and this is over the radio and he finds out where he is, tracks him down, goes to his 
goes to a bar where he's hanging out watching watching the game and pulls a paint gun on him even though like you at the time you have no idea what it is you think he's just going to shoot the guy and shoots him and just says like you know it was you get, you weren't very nice it could have been nicer and then just fucking takes off go giants or something and that's it and it's de- it's just depressing as hell and the, his family situation is so just um he's got a big family and they're all just trying to they're all trying to help him out and make him live a life they want him to live, and he's just denying it, which is cool, but it just gets, I don't know, it gets really How depressing. did uh, Patton Oswalt do, acting? Convincing, it actually. It was, yeah. here, you know what it reminded me of, and I actually brought this up while we were watching it, it reminded me of Vince Vaughn in Made, where you're just thinking, God, don't do it, like, what don't, are you doing? Yeah, what you're doing right now is bad. Yeah, bad. like, you just feel anxious the whole time, which is, you know, I guess, a, a you know, just a comment on how well he did, but I just, right, I right. just... It's hard to watch. I, it's tough. And, uh, yeah, wouldn't recommend it. Ditto on the Kevin Corrigan stuff. I just said ditto. Um, I've said dumber things, though. So, big big uh, fan of Kevin Corrigan, though. Right. The more I see that guy, the more I like him. I'd like to see him in more stuff. So, James, what, what you got, Bo? Uh, I ended up seeing the movie Up in the Air that came out uh, right before Christmas. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. No spoilers, and, uh, or should I put down the thing? Because I am actually planning on going and seeing that. No, no, I won't do any spoilers. Put down the thing. <laughs> you know, um, the fucking thing. <laughs> it was uh, written and directed by uh, Jason Reitman, uh, who directed Juno and Thank You for Smoking, and I believe he wrote Thank You for Smoking as well. Um, this movie is about uh, a guy named Ryan Bingham, who's um, who works for a company that does corporate downsizing for other so basically, he just come flies into your company, lays people off, and then flies to his next destination, lays people off, so on and so forth. And their company also provides like a placement program type of thing. But uh, the whole movie's about his life and how his whole life revolves around airports and uh, accumulating, you know, mileage for you know free airlines and stuff like that, uh, perks from you know rental car companies, and that's sort of thing. So like his whole status is measured based on how much he's got, you know, and you know, what kind of, you know, access he has to certain places. And, um, in his company, uh, they hire this new fresh out of college hotshot chick, uh, named, uh, Allie, or sorry, Natalie Keener. And she's got this bright idea of, okay, well let's, you know, cu- cut costs and put in a system where we can fire people by web and, uh, just do everything on the internet. And Clooney's kind of against this idea, brings it up to the boss. The boss says, okay, well, you know, granted she doesn't know, you know, the business that well, so why don't you, you know, take her out and show her what we do. So he goes out and pairs off with her, and they go off, and she's kind of learning the ropes of firing people and the techniques used and that sort of thing. And while they're doing that, you kind of get a feel for the contrast of lifestyles because, uh Ryan Bingham's been you know, alone pretty much. He's they said he's on the road for like almost 300 days a year or something like that, and his home is airports, not you know his real apartment. Um, on the other hand, uh, Natalie Keener is fresh out of college, has a boyfriend, just really connected with people, you know, wants to stay home, that sort of thing. So a very con- you know big contrast of styles. And the rest of the movie is about their, that contrast. It's about Clooney kind of sorry Clooney plays Ryan Bingham. Um, Clooney kind of, uh, you know, seeing her point in certain ways, and she does the same thing, and it's kind of an interesting story. Um, It's definitely not one of those movies that uh, ends with, like, a nice, you know, bow on a gift and, you know, just closure for all the points. It's more of an open-ended movie. Um, 
uh, like I said, Clooney plays Ryan Bingham, does a, a pretty good job, uh, enjoyed his performance. Um, Anna Kendrick, who is from the Twilight series, she plays the hotshot uh, newcomer, and she does a pretty good job. She's been getting a lot of uh, recognition for the award shows and stuff, and I th- think she's pretty good, but I, I don't think she's actually the best in that. I think uh, Vera Farminga, who ends up playing a love interest that Clooney meets on a road, kind of like a fellow traveler type that they just kind of meet in city to city uh, when their schedules allow. Uh, I thought she did a really good job, and I thought she, her performance was actually better even though the, the other girl's uh, getting uh, more press. Um, some other notable uh, actors in it, uh, Jason Bateman plays the boss, J.K. Simmons and uh, Zach Galifianakis play uh, Fireese. I don't know uh, Zach Galifianakis is in it. That's great. Yeah, he's in it very little. So J.K. Simmons is in very little. Uh, Danny is he McBride. funny? Um, actually, no. He, he's got kind of a serious, like... Bullshit. You know, blowing up because he's getting fired scene type of thing. Right. Danny <laughs> McBride's in it. And uh, actually, Young MC is in it playing himself, Young MC, singer of uh, Bust a Move. And... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I definitely like the movie. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it's getting as much uh, press for awards that it is. Um, it's a mix of, you know, kind of depressing but still lighthearted. Um, I think it's a really good script. Um, I saw a few of the things coming that, you know, some of the plot points coming beforehand. Not really too bad, though. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think it was good but but not great. I, yeah, I have lots. I have questions. I have questions. Uh, so is Clooney... While they're going around, is his character actually sort of like fighting for his job then? Like, because he's the guy that goes around kind person of, to person. yeah. Like, they definitely bring that up saying, okay, you know, doing this is going to probably be downsizing this, or I'm going to have to, you know, go to a desk and fire people via web. And he hates that idea because he right. loves being on the road. He loves the lack of, you know, having a contact with people. It's He likes the relationships at arm lengths type of thing. Right, right. And uh, you already mentioned Jason Bateman. Did he have like a big role? Because I know he said uh, he was Jason the boss, Bateman but... was is one of the bigger roles. Compared and does to he play Jason movies. Bateman or does he actually do? Like I'm getting more and more upset with Jason Bateman. He's just the same um, he's thing. very straight in this one. Actually, he's just a generic role. Doesn't have to do a whole lot. Okay, hmm. he's just the boss. Mm-hmm. Jason, what are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, by the way, I think the the award craziness. I think it's the Jason Reitman thing. People have a boner for Jason Reitman right now. I don't know why. I mean, I definitely like the movie, and I think it's worth a watch. I'm just right. I, I'm starting to think that it's more of a lack of competition as right. opposed to you know. I don't know. I've just seen other performances that have. Well, it did get nominated. Actually, I guess it's not out yet, but I'm sure it's going to get nominated for the top top ten best pictures of the year or whatever it is. The yeah, out of the 50, I, I bet you it will just based off of. You know the word on the street, right? Uh, so yeah, I guess that uh, does it for our our movie reviews. And on to this is sort of actually leads into our topic rather well. We had been discussing a little bit about how there are all these award shows going on, and we were talking about okay, where's this going to lead in the Academy Awards? People were saying, oh, this person won a Golden Globe, or they won in the SAG Awards, which means they could totally score big at the Academy Awards, and. I was just thinking to myself how I don't even know when these shows happen until I see just reviews about who won what and who wore what and whatever. And uh, it was decided that if these people are going to have their award show season, we're going to have our award show season. And we're going to put on a show that everybody's going to not hear about until later. <laughs> and, welcome to the Gungies. Yeah, so welcome to the Gungies. We're, uh, it's actually the Gunga Pit. I think it's going to be the Gunga Pit Awards, but uh, the statue itself is uh, a mold of 
Jim Jim's beard, Jeff's face, and uh, I think I have like butt tattoos, and my butt tattoos around there. Too. You're you're Adonis like my. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those are the gungies. So we're going to be handing out gungies today. There are uh, five categories um, that were agreed Good news, upon. You screw off the head, and it's full of vodka. <laughs> 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 uh, you can drink with it. It's a it's a it's a beer buddy at the same time. A beer caddy. Uh, yeah, we uh, we agreed on five topics, uh, five five different awards. And this was pretty much decided at the last minute. And we also put up nominations of our own. Uh, we only have three nominees per category. And the categories are a little little eccentric. Might be a little what you're not used to. But we're trying to fill in the niche that all the other 30 at a award shows didn't do. So this, these are things that we wanted to get out to make sure that they were covered. Because, you know, we just need to take care of these people. These people are important. And... Uh, yeah, so I guess let's start with topic number one. James, do you want to do you want to start us off with topic number one? Should we? Sure, you know, I'll, I'll start us off. Okay. Uh, topic number one being a uh, coolest action sequence from a movie. I like this one. I like this one. And uh, I'd like to nominate um, the Watchmen's uh, the first scene, the the comedian's murder in the beginning, and I think that coupled with you know the the opening title sequence is some of the best theater from 2009. Right. It's the best about opening 10 minutes. I worked in that opening title sequence in, into one of these, and I couldn't figure it out. That is interesting. That is interesting. I Like, it's definitely not... I, I was trying to think of other action sequences, too, because my nomination, I put in uh, the pretty much the final scene in Inglorious Bastards when they're pretty much blowing up the, blowing up the theater. Right. Yep. And I don't... Like is that what we're thinking of action? Like there's definitely I definitely action considered in it. that one actually. Okay. So yeah, that we yeah, would call that an action stuff. sequence when because yeah. they a little late for that. It's already not been nominated. Yeah, it has been it has been nominated, but you can't always trust you can't always trust uh, myself because I, I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I think I really think that I guess it's more of uh what's the word? What's the word? Um, Bullshit. No, not bullshit. No. It's just there are a lot more people involved. It's pretty much it's like clockwork in that scene, man. There's everybody's, everyone's working on their own, but comes to the same conclusion, and that's what's cool about my action scene versus your action scene because it's just one dude murdering another dude, which you know it's poetic, but I, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, Jeff, what did you nominate for the the coolest action sequence? Um, the, the scene, uh, just because I knew nobody else would uh, had seen it. Um, the scene from the Fantastic Mr. Fox when uh, the the evil farmers and the townsmen think that they have the uh, think that they have the animals cornered in the sewer and they think that there's just no way that they're, that they're going to escape and all of a sudden there's just like a pyrotechnic show that comes out and it's and there's awesome music playing and it's just a great great scene it's uh it's very very cool very I do exciting need to see that movie badly i do need to it's see it. it's awesome i'll watch it with you when it comes out on dvd all right so uh jeff i believe you are jeff is the holder of the the votes so i have the votes here let me open up the envelope hold yep. on just just a moment yep you need paper. Get the paper sound effect out. <laughs> All right. No. And the winner is for coolest action sequence in a movie, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. In France. Woo. Do I get to come up and accept it since it was my nomination? Um. No, by the way, it's not the winner is the Gungi goes to the Gungi. The Gungi goes yeah, to because there are no winners or losers. Yeah, there's no winners or losers. It's, it's just, just, just recipients. Flash shaped like Greg's body. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> okay. And Gorus Bastard. Oh, it's life size too. It's life changing size. action sequences for the rest of, for the rest of the lives. It's gonna be. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy it won. Deserved it. And uh, yeah, thank Jesus. And uh, I guess we'll move on to topic number two, uh, which I will introduce now. This one you would think would actually be in the Academy Awards. I don't know why it's not. Uh, maybe it's just something that maybe it used to be, and I just I'm too young to understand. James, was this ever an Academy Award? Uh, this the the biggest um, badass. I think, I think back in the, the first round of aughts. Yeah. Right, right. The aughts. Uh, so we wanted to vote for biggest badass, and uh, this actually comes back to Jim's pick for coolest action sequence, which I think this is this is where it belongs. Is uh, the comedian. From the Watchmen, so it's sort of like the comedian got two votes already, but uh, he's just—he's a lot cooler than everybody else. One for being cool and one for getting killed. What? And <laughs> he's uh, more sure of himself than everyone else, pretty much, and until like the very until his demise. But I must, and after reading the graphic novel, which wasn't that much different than the the book, but it gave a lot more of the past, and that's where you find out how badass the comedian was. And uh, knowing that, I sort of. Uh, Apply that to the movie too. That's my vote. Biggest badass. Uh, speaking of uh, that, I kind of went the, the same direction you went, and I went with uh, Eli Roth as the Bear Jew from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, took one. Yeah, of we sw- we swapped. I see, I see that. That's cool. it's, it's kind of hard to beat the, the scene where he comes out of the tunnel and uh, you know wreaks havoc on a poor guy. Him well, screaming you know, call, is I, the best part. Poor, but you know, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's he say? He's just like, knocks it on the fucking park and just keeps yeah. his yeah. head fucking Williams. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's awesome. Uh, Jeff, your nomination? Yeah, you know, I once again decided to go uh, outside the box a little bit, and I went with uh, everyone's favorite wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, for breaking Sly fucking Stallone's <laughs> neck. It doesn't get a lot more badass than that. That, I, I when I saw this, I... I stood against it for quite a while. I almost did, I almost quit the show because it was going to be accepted into the Gungies, into the, no, the Gunga Pit Awards. No, please don't quit. No, <laughs> no please, murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll let it stand, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it oh, goes. I thought, I I thought this was going to be a change of heart type speech. No, that you're I'm just letting it stand. <laughs> I'm letting it stand. It That's a change of heart. That's a change of heart. So, Maybe in like maybe in like eight months or so, you'll realize that I'm right. <laughs> Jeff, come yeah, on, let's let's see where the scoreboard goes. See where the scoreboard okay, goes. Okay, all right, all right. So, so the envelope's coming up. All right, here is the envelope for biggest <laughs> badass. All right, and looks like here we are, and the gungi goes to Eli Roth for yes! his ah. bear Jew. Wow, Quentin Tarantino's cleaning up yeah, the, the no award jo- so far. No joke. That's awesome. And a glorious bastard sweep so far. When you're killing Germans, you pretty much have everybody on your side, apparently. This is true. This is true. Whether it be 1942 or <laughs> yeah. 2007. It's, uh... Which, by the way, I wanted to, I wanted to make a, a, a change. I sort of did an, an errata here. Uh, Metropolis came out in 1927, by the way, originally. Uh, my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, so even older than I thought. Uh, yeah, so... Let's go to our third topic, which another. This is another another important one, which I'm, I'm happy we brought up. Most underrated performance. Uh, mine's an obvious pick. I don't know why no one else said it. Joaquin Phoenix in Two Lovers. This is his goodbye to Hollywood film people, and nobody fucking watched it. And you guys really need to like just. Wait, did, did you watch it? No, but that's why. 
<laughs> like we're yeah, his, no we're his friends, and we didn't want like that's how underrated this is. Like we need to, man, I can't believe it. And yeah, that's that's why I nominated it. Uh, I actually went with uh, Chris Pine in uh, the new Star Trek as Captain Kirk. I think he did a really good job of uh, capturing the essence of that character and uh, you know leading it into a, a new a new hopefully series. So I'm I'm backing him. So hopefully he'll win, but we'll see. Uh, Avatar. <laughs> I did. Like, I did like how, how it was submitted as Avatar question mark. By the way, which is which is even better. Um, but yeah, we should. Uh, uh, we need to speed it up. The music's the music's coming. So what's what's going? <laughs> so we're gonna cut down on the acceptance yeah. speeches here. All right, we've got the uh, the envelope right here, and the uh, most underrated performance is going to go to Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. What? <laughs> I didn't see that coming, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, me neither, really. Did <laughs> Who Dad voted for that? Uh, I think I did, and I think Jim did too. Uh, so. I filled out all the ballots on that one. <laughs> what was this voting? What this this ballot counting happened in Florida? Come on. No. <laughs> all right, next topic. Next category. Uh Category is most unwelcome success story. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Uh, uh, myself, I nominated Paul Blart Mall Cop for. Uh, I think it made something ridiculous, like 121 million or something stupid that nobody should ever have seen. Which I think is actually available Netflix streaming. So if you want to catch it and uh, you want to want to get on board and vote against and Walmart. irritate Greg even more. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Uh, it's there for you. Uh, I'm going with uh, Wolverine. It's part of the X-Men series that I really haven't liked. I wish it, one of them will bomb so they know to either make them different or stop making them. Made $180 million. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Uh, I, I, uh, I nominated for this Michael Jackson, This Is It. I just think that this represents another another piece of the demise of American society. Poor man dies, and literally four months later, somebody has crafted an entire feature-length movie chronicling his death, basically, and that's just fucked up. It doesn't. It takes way longer than that to make a decent movie, and this movie made pretty good money. Was so, it four months, or upset. was it? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I thought it was even shorter. Go ahead. Yeah, it might might have been less than that. At any rate, um, yeah, that's all. And uh, so we'll, uh, I guess, with, without further ado, we'll we'll see who won this one. Um, yeah, for the most unwelcome success story of the year. And is that my mail? Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, Gungi goes to Paul Blart. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that was absolutely deserving of this one. Just <laughs> disgusting movie. That's uh, that's actually shit. What was I going to say? I had something to say about Paul Blart Cop, but I don't remember what it is anymore. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, so I guess that brings us down to the last and most important category yet, um, the Gunga Pit Spirit Award. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I just want to point out to all the people listening, because you're probably wondering how the hell we came up with the winners. Uh, we all nominated somebody, and then we did a, a silent vote, silent vote. Uh, and we all uh, we all put those together and put them in apparently mail envelopes and uh, gave them to Jeff and Jeff's ripping them and finding out who he's counting them and then telling us who won. And, I, and then I, yeah, I read them and then I just say whichever one I like the right. best. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So <laughs> the Gungabit Spirit Award, which is very important, and it's uh, we vote pretty much based on the Gungapit 
what's what what do I want to say? Uh, Gunga Pit uh, morality, like pretty much what the Gunga Pit stands for and what what the meaning behind it is, and uh, that is why I voted for or at least nominated Robert Redford. Um, he does a lot of work. He's pretty much the actor within that just with all his money and all the all the power he got from becoming a, a good actor and becoming just known in the business and applied it to pretty much the, all philanthropy, um, philanthropic endeavors. And uh, is that a word? I think it is. Uh, I think it is. Yeah, let's yeah. go with it. Yeah, let's go. Let's run with it. Anyhow, awesome man. Um, I'm actually nominating uh, Liam Neeson. Um, he's dealing with the death of his, his wife, and he still finds the time to entertain us folks. So thank you, Liam. I hope you win. And I am going to nominate Zack Snyder for really just trying so darn hard with uh, the Watchmen movie. Really, really made a strong effort at that. And don't think that we appreciate You get an A for effort. That's true. He did do he had a hard he had a hard task out of him, that's for sure. It's no losing your wife, but it's 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 up there. It's up there. So, we ready to uh we ready to hear the results on the Gunga Pit Spirit Award? Yeah, yeah, totally. By all okay. means. Alright. This might put me for three out of five. And the Gungi goes to you guessed it. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. <laughs> who voted okay, for? Then. Who voted for Frank Stallone? Well, me for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You guessed uh, congrats. it. Frank, St- Frank Stallone. Okay, I can see why. Like he's a good friend of the show. He's probably the best friend of the show. And was he? No, he was the second. He was the second person to come to us and say, you know, I like what you guys are doing. And I'm going to take you all the way. I'm going to give you first all... First celebrity, though. First celebrity, because the first one was just a fan club that won this morning. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Gary Sinise fan club backed us first time. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Frank Stallone, great guy. Obviously part of a great family. And he's gone to do great things. And uh, I'm happy... I'm happy that he somehow won the Gunga Pit Spirit Award. Um, yeah, we're going to have to you know, reevaluate this method. Right, right. Uh... That, that'll that'll be that'll be it for our uh, our awards that are part of the award season that you just will not hear about until later. And uh, yeah, I'm happy you guys all participated. Good good show, good show. Uh, but we need to get to the the meat of the episode, and the meat of the episode is Jim has a new quiz. Supposedly, that's the word on the street. Supposedly, it's a new quiz. Uh, this is true. Yes, I have. I've got a new quiz for you guys, and the way this one's going to work is I'm going to give you the name of two actors, and you're to tell me all the movies that they've been in together. Might be a little what? harder to keep score and compete against each other. So, and just, just to keep a, like a finite number, and I'll give you three wrong guesses before I pull the plug on, on the guessing, if that sounds appropriate. So we just keep guessing until yes, we get it wrong? until you get the list. And Is this going to be you. like cash cab situation where like I'll say a suggestion, but it doesn't count until Jeff says, okay, that's our guess? No, no, it's going to be outburst style. So we're out. working together on this. I know it. I know it. That's what I was. I, I knew you wouldn't like that as much, Jeff. But uh, maybe you can keep track on the side how many of them you got right. Or right. There we go. That's a good idea. I kind of <laughs> tore up all the paper already, though. So I just put them in little piles, Greg. Pile. <laughs> all right, <laughs> little scrap here. So uh, I guess uh, let's start with a uh, somewhat easy one, and. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, the first pairing, and there's three movies, is Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Okay. Um, Godfather Part Two. That's one of them. 
Heat. That's second. God, they've been in one recently. Oh, that one that just came out. Um, there was one that came out like last year. Um, What's the, is, it was the cop, yeah, it was the cop killer one, right? Isn't that Boom. what it was? Yep. So it's all three of them. Yeah, so I'm winning. There's so only winning. so there's only there's only three really. That's it. In that yep. one, yeah. And I'm winning. And, okay. Well, this is we just have to do it together, Jeff. Don't race. We gotta. Yeah. No. Jeff won. Greg zero. <laughs> all right. Next pairing. Rene Russo and Mel Gibson. Nice. Okay. Uh, Ransom. Give me back my sword. Yes. Give me back my sword. Um, Lethal Weapon 3. Yes. Lethal four. Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 4. That was yeah, the other one. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Uh, you know what? Great I'm going to. No, I'm, I'm taking the high road. We got that together. We got nice that job. <laughs> Didn't all I right. answer all of them, too? Okay, okay. so Jeff won Greg zero. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, next pairing. Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. I love you, man. Yes. You also have... Um, shit. It was... Oh. What was that movie? Uh, I don't know. Knocked up. Knocked up. Correct, correct. And... Jason Siegel. 40-year-old virgin. Wrong. Ooh. Oh, yeah, but Jason Siegel wasn't really in that, was he? Jason like at all. Siegel, Paul Rudd. Shit. Um, we should be able to get this. I've probably even seen it. What a... Certainly does. Yeah, it's seem right it. around that vein of... Yeah, that. of course, of course. Shit. I've even reviewed it here on the show, I believe. They all just... They all... Seem the same. Um, Was Jason Siegel in Role Models at all? No. Incorrect. Mm. Uh, let's just, I give up. The last movie? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no wonder. No wonder. Yeah. No yeah. surprise there. Okay. No uh, next pairing. Tom Hanks and Gary Sinise. No, yes, I knew this Forrest was coming. Gump. Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah. and Saving yes. Friday. Uh, and uh, three of them. Um, and, um, Calm Paul down, 13. Jeff. Yes. I don't know the third one. more. What was the second one you guessed? Apollo 13. <laughs> okay. Well, I sort of wanted to say Ransom again, because Gary Sinise is in that, <laughs> but I know I know he's not. So Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise. It's more recent than the two movies that you mentioned. 1999. Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise. And role is pretty small in it. Yeah. Huh. All right, the correct answer on that one? Green Mile. Oh, Sinise in the Green Mile. Yeah, he's uh, oh, he's the he's one the, that... The kid's dad that the... Yeah, that the, yeah he tells the backstory about yeah, the yeah. Michael Duncan Clark. All right, um, now we have four movies starring Hugh Jackman and Halle Berry. Jesus. Uh, you've got all three X-Men movies. Correct. Swordfish. Yep. Boom! Wow. Didn't wow. see that coming, did you, Jeff? Well, I, I'm just—I uh, I think we worked together. On that oh, one. yeah, that's right. If you want that's the right. point? I'll give it to you. No, no, that was together. All right. How about the three movies? How about the three movies that Christian Bale and Michael Caine are in? Batman, uh, the Dark Knight, and uh, Batman Begins. Okay, one more. It's uh, the Prestige. Yes. Nice. Yeah. These are too easy. Too easy, Jim. Other than the one we. 
Or lost. Okay, can you tell me the five movies? <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna to fucking come right <laughs> over <laughs> top. Yeah, yeah, okay. you watch this bitch. It's called the rope dope No, um, <laughs> um, five movies that Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci are in. Wow. Okay. So the casino. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, yes, we yes. at the same time. Uh, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. God, it's gonna be so many damn things. How many did you say there were? Five, and we're already yep. we're already sucking. Doesn't he? No, that's Goodfellas. I was like, doesn't he do it? Wow. There's one that dates all the way back to 1980. <laughs> it's definitely more of just the De Niro flick. <laughs> oh, is it that old uh, Scorsese one that I can never remember the name of? <laughs> you know. The fan? Oh, that one. <laughs> Dude, how can we fail so early? It, it's a classic role for De Niro, for sure. The fan? No. <laughs> Taxi know. driver? No, no. Okay, but still, that's a better guess than the fan. <laughs> um, shit. Nineteen eighty. All right, you need to give us new meaning to method acting for that one. Oh, raging bull, good call. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Um, the next one is an 84. Um, I we don't should know. get it, right? Like, we need to be... Like, this one's a rough one. This one didn't make a lot of... It's another mobster movie, though. Yeah. Well, um, crime, I should say. Oh. And it has a similar title to one of your favorite westerns, Greg. I know you don't have very many of them, so maybe that'll help. Nothing? Retend to Bronx. <laughs> Good guess. Three ten the Bronx. The correct answer is Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah. That's the one. That's the that's the movie I was talking about. Yeah, I, did, I wasn't like, sure if Scorsese did that one or not. I was and thinking the the right thing is I did think of Once Upon a Time in the West when you said that. By the way, and I still didn't know what oh, it was. Good, but the clue worked. Yeah, but, uh, the clue did. And there, there's <laughs> one missing. Uh, <laughs> I did my job. Um, What's the next one? One from 2006. Yeah, fuck it. Did you say Matt Damon was in it? Yeah, Matt Damon was in it. I want to say Junior directed this one too, but I'm not positive. The correct answer then there. Foreman? Good Shepherd. <laughs> oh, Good Shepherd. Fuck. All right, dude, we got owned by that one. Okay, so that how one was. Eat our asses. How about Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise? Ooh. Eyes wide shut. One. Far and away. One. How many are there total? One more. There's three. Cool. Is she in like uh, Born on the Fourth of July or something? Incorrect. The the one you're missing is the earliest. Cole Kidman, Tom Cruise. Oh, and a live listener has gotten it right. Days of Thunder. Good job, Jax. Oh, come on. Come on. I I even forgot he was listening. That's not fair. Really good. (laughs) I just kept thinking about how good looking she is. (laughs) Where was P when we were struggling on the De Niro? This one's made... Right along your guys' alley, I think. There are... Oh, this is going to be a mess, but... Bottle Rocket. Rushmore. No, <laughs> it's the Wilson Brothers. Name the great. 14 movies. Oh, oh my wait, thir- God. 13 movies, sorry. 13 movies that Sandler and Rob Schneider are in. Are you s- together? Wow. Waterboy. That's one. Dude, and look, the earliest, by the way. Can I get a pencil out or something for this? Like, all right. I need, like, a piece of paper. All right. I think I'm done. I think I quit. Um, After Waterboy? 
Um, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say dirty work. Incorrect. Jesus. Schneider apparently not in it. Uh, uh, how about... It's like every Adam Sandler movie ever, I guess we should start trying. Is, uh, is he in Big Daddy? Yeah, he's the bum in Big Daddy, right? Movie. Mr. Yeah. Deeds? Yes. Okay. Um, Deuce Bigelow, male Jigglehoe? No, you're going um, to... Close enough. It was European Jigglehoe. Okay, fine. They're only in the second one. Good. Uh, uh, Happy Gilmore? No. no. Damn it. Idiot. Was he in Madison? No, he said Waterboy was the earliest one. Like, oh, you yeah? fucking listen to your Jeez. brother. Okay, okay. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. There, there are two that are definitely Schneider movies. The Animal? Yes. <laughs> A great film, by the way. <laughs> the Hot Chick? Yes, those were the two I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> There's one that's very oh. Billy Matt. Or so what do you Matt mean when you said these movies were up our alley anyways? <laughs> What was all that one hundred million? The talk? animal and the hot chick. Uh, yeah. fuck me. Bro. Spanglish. No. no you... <laughs> click. What? Yes, click. Oh shit! Uh, the longest yard. Yes. Yes. The remake, anyhow. Yes. And the original. And the original. I understood that part. <laughs> With Burt Reynolds. I guess he was in both, anyway. So we're up to one, two, three. You're four. missing five. Jesus. Jesus. Three of them are 2007 or more recent. Well, I guess that... <laughs> I guess that puts Judge Dredd out of the running. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, more hints, more hints. Um, 51st Dates. Yes, that is one of them. Nice, nice. Um, you're missing... One that I got for Christmas a few years ago. <laughs> oh, it's uh, that's a huge hint. Yes, it is. Shit, don't no, mess actually, with Zo- don't them. mess with the Zohan. This- oh, <laughs> don't mess with the Zohan. Yes, and then the other one. I don't. I believe I got one. that one for Christmas too, the same year. I do not remember the other one. Little gay rights theme oh, going. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, How many more? Right. There, there's two more, and the ones you were missing are Little Nicky. Nah. And bedtime stories. Nah. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna watch bedtime stories sometime. That's a lie, and you know it. <laughs> All right, another big one. Nine movies, starring Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Oh, I thought it was gonna be the Wilson brothers. Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, that's one. Pretty much in the middle of the timeline, also. Meet the parents. Correct. Zoolander. Correct. Both in the both night at the museums. Correct, correct. I'm trying to write all this down. Jeff, keep guessing. I'm writing. Uh, You're missing the two earliest ones and two in the year 2004. Stiller and Wilson. Uh, two early ones are definitely Stiller movies. Mystery right. Men? No. Oh, that's too bad because that would have been sweet. <laughs> that would have been. Stiller, Wilson. Stiller movies. Well, it's not Cable Guy, but it should be. There's something about Mary? Uh, no. Hmm. Actually, Cable Guy is correct. <laughs> Wilson's in Cable Guy? Yes, apparently he has a very small role in it. 
Who is Wilson and Cable Guy? Interesting. I've never wow. seen it. So like, well, then that's a great guess, Greg. Good work. <laughs> yeah, great, great job, Greg. I'll give you a point for that. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. The, the other seven. early one you're missing is actually somewhat a drama of a real life person, if I remember correctly. As Stiller. Stiller's the main person too. Huh. Elizabeth Hurley's in it too, I believe. Interesting. Interesting. Don't know what it is, but that one's called Permanent Midnight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Yeah. And right. then the, the other two you're missing are from 2004. Any last guesses? Yeah. One second. One second. Um, one of them you should have gotten already based off of your other guesses. Meet the Fockers. There you go. All right. Yeah. I didn't know Wilson would have made a comeback for that. Um, um, the last one is a action buddy uh, comedy starring the two of them. They are the main people. Oh, it's uh, shit. What's the the TV the, show that they brought the to? Characters. Oh, oh, um, Starsky and Hotch. Yeah, correct. Yeah, there we go. Awesome. We sort of almost got all of that. All um, right. So yeah, we have we have time for like one or two more. Okay. Um, let's do another pair of friends, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. They have six movies together. Rudy. Correct. <laughs> good. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one to get out. Correct. The breakup. Correct. Are we counting? What's the what's the recent one? We were just the the couples getaway. What's that called? Oh, Good enough. Yeah. Couples, couples, couples retreat. Yeah, couples retreat. The last one you're missing is 2008. Vaughn and Favreau. Um, it's not Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm guessing it's not. Correct. It's not Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's not a. Uh, I like this whole guessing without guessing thing. It's not a... Oh, no, I marked it. <laughs> this works on Jeopardy. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> this works on Jeopardy. <laughs> they try it all the time. Hmm. It's a holiday movie. Oh, oh Four Christmases. Yep. Correct. All right. Um, Dominate that let's, one. Let's see if you can get a, a little older pairing here. Bill Paxton and Michael Bean. Four uh, movies. I have, I, can we do a different one? Because I don't know who Michael Bean is. Um, that's fine. Yeah, we can do a different one. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Who is Michael Bean? We probably could have gotten that. Yeah, it would have... <laughs> um, he's he's uh, the main guy in Terminator. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have got... I wouldn't have known one, so I'm glad, I'm glad we... Well, Terminator was one of the answers, just so you know. <laughs> I didn't know Paxton was in that. So. Yeah, I'm feeling really the, good about not wanting to do in that. the beginning. All right, um, let's do... Mm, we could do that one. That's a really big one. No, that's going to be hard, though. How about... Uh... Oh, my God, pick one. All right, we'll do... <laughs> I'm, a... I'm looking for half of them. If you guys can get half of this one, I'll be happy. Wow. John Cusack and Jeremy Piven. Fuck me. Grifters. <laughs> yes. Gross point blank. Yes. Oh, by the way, did the, I say how many there were? There were nine. You say so. grifters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the um, you're messing with the John Cusack fanboy, by the way. The sure wa- thing. Uh, sure thing is not one of them. Wow. Okay. What's the name? One crazy summer. That's the name. Of yes. It. Yes. Um. Uh, he may have been in America's Sweethearts. Nope. Uh, serendipity. Yes. <laughs> Writing down, writing down. You have four out of the nine so far. One more. Hmm. You're missing the one other one that 
I thought was a, a good bet. Hmm. Classic Cusack film, too. I said gross point blank. You did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about... I'm 1989 Fidelity. There's, a, there's two from 1989. Don't, don't guess that. It's wrong. There's a 92, there's a 94, and a 2003. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't guess. Um, <clears throat> classic Cusack. Yeah, classic classic 80s film, too. God. For my generation I, style. I so want to say Better Off Dead, but I don't remember Piven being in it. Is, is, so, is, I don't remember what's best, film? but you don't guess that, then. <laughs> okay, good, good. All right. <laughs> I sort of wanted to guess 16 Candles, but I wasn't sure. Um, oh, I want to get one more anyway. Um, uh, it's definitely a oh, love story. Say Anything? Correct. Okay, nice. one of the guys at the convenience stores who consoles him about the, the bad relationship. So yeah, that's a five out of the nine, so you guys uh, got my expectations, so that's good. The, the missing ones? Some movie called Elvis Stories, which I've never even heard of. Yeah, no. Uh, that's Bob Roberts. Never seen it. I haven't seen that. Some movie called Floundering, which I don't know anything about. And then Runaway Jury. Ooh, wow, Runaway Jury. Runaway Jury, huh? Apparently, I've never seen it. I don't know if you know this about Jeff, but he went on a, a crusade, if you will, to watch all every saw, Cusack movie. I, I saw, I up to about the year 2000, <laughs> I saw probably about 90% of the movies that Cusack was in. Ah, Interesting. A lot of them I don't remember, and a lot of them kind of bleed together in my head. But all right, oh good, I, good new format. I like the new format, James. Well, yeah, we got to cut cut you off there. Real quick note, though, yeah. you know the Paxton being people who are hoping to know the answers. There are four of them: Terminator, Aliens, Navy Seals, and Tombstone. Navy Seals. I don't know Chuck that movie. Right, which means I should know that movie. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Very cool. I like I like the new format. Pretty much because we did well at it, and it was a teamwork thing. So we, yeah, it, it's a good it's a good time. I'm happy we Greg, did that. Greg, Greg, can you turn off your headset for just? <laughs> right, right, I, right. I won. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, moving on to our, our last feature of the day, the Parker Posey play along, uh, everyone's favorite as usual. Um, it's a uh, when we pretty much bring a question up to the show. Uh, one of us brings it, and the other two answers it live, and then we bring it to the forums at gungapit.com and also to our Facebook page. Uh, look for the movie hour. You'll find it there. Um, Jeff, I believe it was your question last week. Got some good responses. Started yeah, yeah, good question. Sparked good some responses. interest. Yeah, um, good conversations on the board. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, really, really appreciated the responses for that one. Um, the question, uh, give or take, was, was a, it was what comedy movie do you love but will never become like a classic comedy movie? And one of the ones that, that came up kind of late in the game that I loved was Michelle W.'s answer of Better Off Dead, speaking of Cusack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that movie, and it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite 80s movies, and yeah, big fan. Big Can fan. you respond to uh, Pease, who's live listening right now, about how you did not pick Dirty Work? Because after he said that, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Why didn't Jeff pick Dirty he Work? He makes an excellent point. Uh, Dirty Work is a very very, very funny movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I hadn't really thought of it. Maybe, maybe it's it, it, in addition to uh, to escaping the American collective unconscious, it's also escaping mine. Right. And I noticed the two shout-outs for Clueless, which surprised me. I didn't know people liked that movie. I've yeah. seen it, but yeah, wasn't that impressed. So I, I mean, I actually have to declare it the the winner if there's actually two shout-outs for the same film. Come on, dude. Silverstone at her best. Back off! No, it's it's right up there. It's right up there with as opposed to the Aerosmith video. Yeah. <laughs> no, as Batman. opposed to as opposed to oh, Batman yeah. and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, man, I don't. Were I don't, they really jumped the shark in that? 
Oh, good times, good times. Yeah, thank you for your responses, and uh, that moves us on to the new Parker Posey play along, which is uh, James. That's your uh, your honor today. Yeah, I actually had a hard time coming up with the uh, a question I had an answer to. I've got a list of questions I'm still waiting to answer myself before I bring on the show. Wow. So uh, the the question I chose for this week is a pretty simple one, uh, maybe hard to answer. We'll see. Um, what is your all time least favorite movie quote? Hmm. And I've got wow. a few that I've always thrown around, and I found found it funny that you brought up Judge Dredd earlier because I had thought about "I am the law." I hate that quote. What? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> have you seen the Onion? I, am... <laughs> I haven't actually. Oh my <laughs> god! Send that to you after this. It's it's uh, yeah. Right. It's, and it's I was also toying with this this quote from a really shitty movie called Spartan, where they're just having a normal conversation, and all of a sudden Val Kilmer just says, Ooh, that's pay attention to the weather, baby, because it's going to change. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. That is classy. Ultimately, I ended up with a beloved, for the wrong reasons, quote from Passenger 57, always bet on black. <laughs> it's just a weird exchange. It's, it's Wesley Snipes just... Um, kind of screwing up the bad guy's plans on a different level of the plane. The bad guy calls them. They talk a little bit of shit about how they are incompetent. And then Wesley just bolts out, have you ever played roulette from time to time? Well, let me give you some advice. Always bet on black. Totally out of the blue. Threw a little bit of the race in there where it was just like, um, okay, I don't understand why that was in there, but yeah, and it was it was dumb. And there's this really like intense music as he says, which is unlike the rest of the fantastic blockbuster. This line killed the moment, and I just couldn't understand what happened. It went from generic action movie to the bottom, which has another great quote in it. What would you do if you were in my shoes? Kill myself, and that's that's. I think it's been used multiple times, but yeah, that's funny. Uh, this is an so, impossible yeah. question to answer. This is so impossible. I, I, I'm going to play the part of Greg Maloney in this situation and ask a question. Um, is this my favorite bad quote or a quote that I hate? It's one like, that you, you hate because I hate this movie or I hate okay. this quote. Some people <laughs> it's laugh not, at yeah. it and enjoy always well, been on They, they actually make you uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. Live listener P goes with, I love you, Harry, from Armageddon. <laughs> I've answer. actually grown fond of that one just because of the way we use it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Oh, uh, man. Yes, that is a, I, I forgot about that one, P, and that's a really good one, too. P brought up the uh, what happens when a toe gets struck by lightning from X-Men. <laughs> the same thing as everything else. Yeah, that's a really well, good one. So the the point is not to pick stuff that's like a known quote, or just pick something stupid that somebody said in a movie. Something that you just disliked in the movie. Hmm. See, I love you, Harry. Wouldn't qualify for me just because I enjoy the quote for the wrong reasons. Right. But I always bet a black. I just, I still just hate that. Man, this is this is impossible. I love all quotes. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love all quotes. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking stumped. Just something. Yeah, I'm having a lot of trouble here. I, I might be in the I might be in the Greg school of thought where I love all quotes. Um, My CPU is a neural net processor, a loading computer. Like, come on, that's perfect. I can't <laughs> it think is of... funny. Um, um, it's the first thing that came to my head. You know, the first thing that came to my head is, it, uh, unfortunately, it's not from a movie, so I can't really use it. But um, we're all familiar with the American Office, where Steve Carell's character says that's what she said all the time. Right, right. I find that there oh, are a lot of it? people. 
that that say that with no sense of the irony that like we're making fun of him. We're not saying it because it's funny to say that's what she said. We're saying it like it's funny that he would say that because it's such a bad joke. And I think people use it in such a way that they think it's funny to actually. Uh, anyway, that's all. Um, but uh, that that's not my real answer because it's not from a movie. See, uh, here's my problem with your question, Jim. I'm just going to point it out. Uh, all the bad things that people say, I just don't even remember. See, those things just fall fall to the side, and I don't I don't think about them. Because, for instance, Commando, which is a fantastic film featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger, there's a sidekick girl in there that's so annoying, and she has like these stupid one-liners that are supposed to be funny, but I don't remember them because they're stupid. And that was my car. Yeah, like, <laughs> like everything everything she says is terrible, and I don't remember like I don't remember it, you know and. That's 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 I, that's my problem, and that's why I can't answer your question. If I can answer everything she says in Commando, that's my answer. But <laughs> the girl in Commando. <laughs> well, I, I guess we're gonna have to take that. Did Jeff uh, give an answer? Because I'm struggling hard here. Was my question just too hard? It's really hard. Uh, apparently not for P though. P's answered yeah, like P's three just things. Yeah, him off. Um, watching, right? He did answer whatever Rocky <laughs> says at the end of change. Rocky. He, yeah, yeah, I could change. That's not bad. Then everyone can change. change. Yeah, like that's a great quote. Um, oh, dude, oh, I, 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 I'm sorry, Jim. I, uh, that's that's the best I can do. I'm trying to think of something good, but um, the next thing I thought of was. Uh, Nicole Kidman sitting to Tom Cruise at the end of Eyes Wide Shut. You know, let's fuck. It was pretty much another one that was first thing. I, I don't know why it popped in my head. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 I think I might have one. Um, but it's one of. The, I think I love it because it's so Wendy! bad. Luke Skywalker says, "I was going to the Tashi Station to pick up some power <laughs> converters." It's like so. Or. Um, or that's impossible, even for a computer. Just, like, stuff like that. But it's, I don't know, it kind of, like, is really funny at the same time. I think I like the bad quotes. Um, yeah, I'm struggling, dude. I'm, uh, that's, I'm done. That's, that's, that's I feel like it. there are going to be some good posts on the board about this, but I don't have any. Yeah. All right, so, well, uh, hopefully uh, people on the, the boards can uh, give me some love. I think this is the first time we've had two people stumped. Yeah. I've been stumped before on one, but I, I'm just gonna I think I might be the only stump. I'm just going to roll with, I, I was going to the Tashi station to pick up some power converters. Okay. I would go with something P-pick, but I don't agree with one single one, other than other than the, the, the Toad one. <laughs> I would agree with P, because he's smarter than me, but I hate the crappy... <laughs> right, right, right. The Toad one is is my favorite out of the ones right. live listener P. So, it's, it's not a, it doesn't have to be a famous it's quote, enjoyment. it's just something you don't like that somebody said. Correct. Okay. Well, that's... That's the question, folks. Uh, it's going to be at gungpit.com, and it'll be easy to do better than Jeff and I. Uh, well, Jeff apparently has a crappy answer, too. But, uh, yeah, you'll find it at gungpit.com, and Jeff will make sure it's posted. I mean, uh, the production team will make sure it's posted on Facebook. Uh, look for the movie, our page. You'll find it there. And, yeah, James and Jeff, another productive episode. Good quiz, James. Good quiz. I liked it. And, uh, yeah, I will uh, thank you for the input. I hope everyone had fun, and uh, answer my question, please. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> Uh, is there a drive safe for anybody? Jeff? I don't. You know what? I uh, yeah, drive safe. I'm sorry. I, I, I was. You don't want to say it I if was, you don't mean it. Like it's like I love you. You don't have to say it. Just <laughs> well, say it if you mean it. 
I guess I mean it. I mean, I want people to drive safe. I was just trying to think of a quote I hated. So, like, right, right. <laughs> drive, drive, drive safe, everybody. Um, and yeah, if you want to uh, comment on Jim's uh, new quiz quiz uh, theme, quiz strategy, let us know what you think. It's, uh, I think it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, so uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, live listeners. Thank you for the responses. And uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Uh, the Slim Pickens Pastry Shop Movie Hour.